And welcome to the Let It Fly Sports Podcast. This is the host, Johnny Spock. Uh, I haven't been on here in quite a quite a while. I think the last time I came here, we recorded something for the NFL playoffs about a year and a half ago. Um, just kind of got out of the tune with it. I was up in Provo. Cole was in Logan, just couldn't get together to do it uh, remotely. But hopefully now that I'm back in Logan, uh, we can get this thing going again. Uh, I'm here by myself today. Uh, Cole's not here. Uh, recently got married, but also, you know, don't really trust him with any of my March Madness picks. So just coming uh, alone here, uh, figured it is Wednesday. Tomorrow is the beginning of probably the greatest stretch uh, of sports watching for anybody. Uh, maybe the Masters. Some people would probably say the Masters is a, is a nice four-day straight of, of sports, but probably for the casual fan, uh, March Madness is um, the greatest, just four days of nothing but basketball. I mean, it goes on for a couple of weeks, but these four days are probably probably the best. And, uh, you know, either this will give us some clarification, if you're listening in, hopefully I can give you some clarification on making some of those difficult picks, or at least for me, I'll be able to listen back and realize where I was wrong. Um, but... I've done some research. I have some some good facts that I've got, some good stats that I've uh, got from multiple uh, sources, and and just think that uh, you know there's just some great matchups here over the course of the first four days. Probably, I think the first round is great. And I, I, I going through this bracket, I was really surprised at how good some of these second round matchups are and how difficult they are. Actually, um, you know, I think that there are eight really, really good teams in college basketball, which are the one and two seeds. Um, I think from then on, it kind of evens out, which is good and bad. It's it's easy, I think, to pick the one and two seeds, but I, I had some really difficult times going through this bracket, um, you know, with those four or five matchups or maybe even the six 11s in the first round. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to go through these. Hopefully this doesn't take more than about a half hour, 40 minutes. Um, we've got the playing games tonight. I watched the playing games last night. Um, probably not going to really go through those um, matchups as much. Um, I'm just going to assume that one team wins. Um, I'm going to pick Arizona State um, for that game. And then I'm also going to pick uh, North Carolina Central, uh, just because that goes along with kind of a cool story that I think. So I'm just going to start off. Uh, I'm going with the ESPN bracket here. If you're filling one out online or if you have one um, that starts with Duke in the top left, and I'm going to go down from there. I'll, I'll say what... Uh, uh, what region I'm going to do first. Um, I don't want to go through the whole tournament uh, just because it does take a little bit longer. And by the time you get to the lead eight final four or whatever, um, you're just going through so many different hypothetical matchups that I just don't know if it's worth it. I, I will record this one this week of the first two rounds. I'll give you the final four and, and my championship pick. And then um, next week, I'll probably come back with you um, back here, uh, answer some some questions that we might have had answered and also uh, go through the rest of the matchups just because I think we'll have a little bit more clarity going into next week. Um, so with that first round matchup, like I said, assuming North Carolina Central wins, we've got Duke, North Carolina Central. Um, you know, it, it's not doesn't really take much to to decide these matchups. I do think it's pretty interesting, though, that North Carolina Central is actually really close uh, to Duke and North Carolina campuses. Obviously, Duke and North Carolina, the premier Um schools in North Carolina as far as basketball goes, but North Carolina Central actually has uh, scrimmaged with them a couple times, and and even the coach had to say that his son, actually his favorite player in the NCAA right now is Zion, so he's kind of upset that they have to play first, uh, play them first round if they do make it, but I, of course I've got Duke going through there. Um, 
VCU, uh, UCF, the 8-9. Um, right here, I mean, according to uh, ESPN.com, which uh, has some good stats, not, not always great um, as far as their summaries go, but one thing that I did find good that they had on there was that um, the 8-9s, since 1985, they basically split. So at this point, if you... I, with the 8-9, I would just kind of go with whoever... Uh, you like um, just because you do have a, basically a 50-50 shot. I mean, this really is a coin flip, uh, 50-50. I am going to be taking VCU in this game um, just because they have an elite defense and third effective field goal in the nation. Um, so that just means they take some of the best shots and are able to complete on on some of the best shots. And um, I just think uh, I watched UCF, obviously um, the big player that they have there, 7-6, Taco Fall. Sounds more like a place that you'd go at midnight for a bad burrito than a than a player. But uh, actually, even though they have him at 7 feet 6 inches, they're not a great rebounding team. So I'm just going to give the edge slightly to VCU in that one. So we got Duke VCU um, for that second round matchup. Mississippi State Liberty. This is a matchup that, I mean, obviously when it comes to the 5-12s, the 5-12s um, are usually very competitive games. It's the team's who have won their conference, who have played great all year long, and the teams that maybe are pretty mediocre um, from the power conferences. That's why we always see these 5-12s go uh, in different ways. But I will definitely say that I still see Mississippi State winning this one. Liberty is a great pick. I actually watched Liberty play in their championship game. They just don't have any great wins. Um, and that's where I just don't know if they're ready for this, um, you know, they played Lipscomb twice. That's that's those are their best wins. But Mississippi State as well. They only have an eleven and nine conference record. So they're not they're not great as far as their own conference play. Uh, but I just think that Mississippi State still gets through. I just don't think this is more of a. I just don't see the pop from Liberty rather than um, Mississippi State really dominating them like I will see in, in other five twelve or six eleven matchups. But I'm still having Mississippi State go through. Same kind of deal with Virginia Tech, St. Louis. Um, Virginia Tech is finally healthy. They played in, in, in the ACC. And the ACC, in my opinion, was the best conference all year long. And, you know, when you finally get through a grueling schedule, you're playing Duke, Virginia, um, Florida State, all those, to just be able to take a deep breath and realize that you're playing probably an overmatched St. Louis team, to be honest with you. Um, they've they've kind of they they got hot in their conference tournament, which is why they're here, but not didn't necessarily show anything in the regular season. I think that this week will kind of let them cool off. They're not playing. I think it's very underrated playing in those conference tournaments, and and you're playing teams that you've played at least two to three times already during the year. You've played them, you know, thirty times in the past decade. So just having that familiarity is actually can be something that I think we overlook, realizing that. Even though they beat somebody in their conference tournament, they're probably more likely to beat them than another team. So I actually, this is a 4-5 that I have both the, the favorites going through Mississippi State and Virginia Tech. Um, Belmont, Maryland. I watched the playing game last night with Belmont Temple. That was a great game. And I think both Temple and Belmont um, were worthy people to be in the tournament. Obviously, they did not win their conference tournament or really show enough to get a better seed beyond playing in the playing game. But man, that was a great game last night. I, I still see Belmont going through. They have uh, their big man, Mudieski, um, 
who has been dealing with injury concerns. He came back 100%. Um, probably, you know, there's probably some Aggie fans watching this. Just think of like, a, you know, Gary Wilkinson, Ty Wesley. That is their type of big man. I think he's slightly taller than those guys would be. But just the consistency that they can get the ball to him and he can score. I mean, he was at 1.8 of 11. Um, I don't know what he ended up finishing at, but um, he was key in that. And, and they were kind of wondering, that was the question mark coming in is, would he be uh, healthy? Would he be ready? And um, yeah. I, and here's the other thing. We talk a lot about five twelves, um, but over the past three years, the 11 has beat the six, eight of 12 times. So this, I would say is probably one where we want to look at, or if you're, if you're questioning that, I think all of the six 11s for the most part are ones where that can happen this year too. Not saying it will happen in all of them, but um, you know, eight of 12, you know, that's, that's um, four out of six. So, you know, you're probably going to get at least two this year. Um, and I'm taking Belmont. Um, I actually have Belmont continuing to go on because um, this is one where I have both the upsets. Um, I have Yale beating LSU. Yale, they don't really have a, a, a person who you look at. I mean, a lot of these um, Cinderella teams or a lot of these lower ranked teams, you can pinpoint a, a person. And I mean, they do have a, a leading score and they do have obviously um, some sort of uh, scoring power, but they don't really have someone who they can rely on. Whereas um, other, other teams do, but LSU right now, I just do not trust them at all. I mean, beyond off their court stuff, they've got the, Will Wade investigation. They play a lot of close games. They had seven overtime games, and that just doesn't bode well when you're when you're trying to play in a tournament where um, you know Yale's going to be excited to come in and an upset, and LSU doesn't really have that power to blow blow a team out. Um, so I actually have Yale playing Belmont in that second round. Um, I think this is one where it's gonna where it's going to um, kind of break open in that first first game. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think it really matters because I think you have two of the best teams in the tournament in this region with Duke and Mississippi, uh, uh, pardon me, uh, Michigan State. Um, but I do think Belmont Yale will play in the second round. Louisville, Minnesota. Louisville is an interesting team because they were playing so well at the beginning and then they were up, you know, I, I can't remember what it ended up being, you know, 20 plus points up on Duke. And that's when Duke came back and uh, beat them with the RJ, uh, RJ Barrett pass between his legs to Cam Reddish. Duke comes back, wins. People think that they're invincible, and Louisville has not been the same since. But, again, this is another time where an ACC team is really happy that they're not playing in the ACC anymore. Um, five of their last 12 games were against top five teams in the country. <laughs> and Minnesota, 10 seed, Nine, 9 and 11 in conference play. I just don't like looking at that and, and seeing a team that did not have a winning record in conference play. So that means that out of their conference play, you know, they're 21 and 13. So they were, you know, 12 and 2. So they probably weren't playing that great. They don't have a great strength of schedule. So that's where most of their wins came was out of conference against lesser teams. And I, I, I just think Louisville, even though they're struggling themselves, they haven't been the same. They still have enough firepower to get through that first round matchup. Finishing out the region here, Michigan state, Bradley, this is just one where, you know, Michigan state's going to be kind of up, uh, you know, this is not a five twelve where I think that they lose Michigan uh, state, obviously going to be very disappointed that they, um, did not get a number one seed. Uh, they're top in scoring and rebounding. 
Um, I just think that uh, there's not going to be a letdown here. And uh, Bradley is, you know, their coach went on media day and yelled at the media for how they're the reason why Bradley basketball isn't good anymore. So I just uh, don't really trust him at this point. So um, that's the first round there. Um, I'll just go through who I think these, who is going to win this Sweet 16. So I'll just go by region here. So we've got Duke VCU. Again, I just think Duke is too talented um, to lose before the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. Um, if you watch this team, they're not a great team as far as there's not really necessarily ebbs and flows and great passing and leadership. And they, they're really kind of built. I mean, they are, they have three of the top 10 um, recruits from this past year, probably three or four of them will all go in the first round if you include the Jones kid, but uh, they're just not, they're not a well old machine as you will see in, in other teams. I think that'll come to bite them possibly later in the tournament. Um, but not now. So I see, I have them going to the sweet 16 Mississippi state, Virginia tech. Um, this is one that I found very interesting when I kind of went deeper into their advanced stats. Uh, Virginia tech is 27th in the nation in turnover defense. So almost top 25 turnover defense. Mich- uh, sorry, I keep confusing these two. Um, Mississippi state is 227th in turnover offense. So they turn the ball over quite, quite a bit. There's like 300, I mean, there's 300 teams, but you know, those bottom 300 teams are not very good. So they have very, very low, they turn the ball over a lot. So Virginia Tech loves to create turnovers. Mississippi State loves to turn over the ball. I'm going to give the advantage there to the Hokies. I have Duke Virginia Tech in the Sweet 16. Um, And I think that that will be a very interesting matchup because Virginia Tech did beat Duke early on in the season, although they did it without Zion Williamson, they'll still have some confidence going in there. Um, the other two matchups here out of the East, Belmont-Yale. I have Belmont winning this one. Obviously, they'd be favored over Yale. I, you know, if I'm filling out my bracket here and you still trust LSU, you know, you don't you don't want to listen to me or you still think that LSU has enough firepower just to get beyond Yale, I would still put Belmont in my Sweet 16. I think that they could beat LSU for the reasons that I mentioned with LSU just not necessarily having their best basketball right now. A lot of off-court concerns. Um, I also just think that uh, their big man and the way that uh, their star player, let's see, Belmont, um, Windler, the way that Windler's playing, uh, you know, I just I just see them moving on. So I actually have them in my Sweet 16. And then Louisville, Michigan State, a good matchup. Um, like I said, I just think that Michi- Michigan State is probably deserving of a one seed. I think that they're a top five team. I mean, obviously, someone not everyone can be a one seed, um, but I would probably say that they're probably the fifth best team in this tournament. So um, I would put them above Louisville. Um, like I said, Louisville is a s- smart team, but at, at the end of the day, Mich- Michigan State's going to get the job done. So those the four teams that I have out of the East here are Duke, Virginia Tech, Belmont, Michigan State. Okay, moving on to the West here. That's Gonzaga as the one seed. Um, they will be playing um, the 16 seed, Farley Dickinson. Um, and I just have Gonzaga moving up. I'm not going to spend too much time going on that. Syracuse Baylor, like I said, um, with these kind of matchups, you can basically flip a coin. You know, if it lands tails, pick Baylor. If it lands heads, pick Syracuse. I'm picking Syracuse. The reason why... 
Um, I just really trust that Syracuse will win a game. I mean, there was a, the, I think in 2016, um, yeah, it was 2016, you know, they got in as an at-large and people were freaking out because they didn't deserve to get in. They won a couple games just because of the way that this team performs when they're outside the ACC, when they are, I feel like I'm, you know, take a drink every time that I say ACC uh, in this podcast, but out of conference play, they're in that two, three zone, which is kind of hard to play if you've never seen it. Um, Baylor's not playing well, four game losing streak. They lost uh, their player, uh, their star player, Clark, uh, and they just don't score the ball. 178th in scoring. Um, and they're going to even have a harder time scoring uh, against this Syracuse defense. So I'm having Syracuse go through. Um, Marquette Murray State. Now, this is a game that a lot of people have starred on their um, on their calendars um, to watch. It's going to be a great matchup. I'd say that this is the game to watch out of this bracket. If I could give you one out of the past bracket, since I did not give that to you, I would say Mississippi State Liberty. Um, just because I think that that is one that could really get close and could really be interesting. I still have Mississippi State going through, but these five twelves are always fun to watch here. Um, I still actually, um, for these for these five twelves, I'm sticking so far uh, to the favorites. Um, I have Marquette going through. Um, Murray State ended the year on a very very, you know, eleven straight games, um, but they're in a weak conference. Like I said, it's different when you're playing against similar opponents to have a run like that. Um, it's difficult, but if you get hot at the right time, which they are, um, I just think that Marquette and Marcus Howard, I think that they just have a little too much firepower. I don't think Murray State is a great team, and if John Morant does not show up, they're not like other Cinderella teams. You need to have someone else who can step up to the plate, which I think Belmont has. They have um, Windler and uh, Munzitski, but Murray State is really a one-man show, and I just, I, uh, I just don't know if I can carry them through a full tournament game. So I'm going to go Marquette there. Florida State, Vermont. Florida State, just right out of the gun, is my dark horse. First off, if you've never seen the Florida State coach, I want you to look him up, Leonard Hamilton. He is the youngest-looking 70-year-old that you will ever see in your life. I thought the man was 35. He is 70 years old. So, you know, he's drinking anti-aging cream or something, so that's got to give you some sort of an advantage there. Um, but also, like I said, take another drink, ACC, this team was four points away from going to the final four. They lost to Michigan in the elite eight last year. They brought back a lot of those key components. Um, and I just see them being able to make a move. Um, I see them going deeper into this tournament. So of course they're going to win this one. Um, so I have that going on uh buffalo and i'm just gonna guess st john's wins this one um i haven't been impressed by arizona state haven't been impressed by the pac-12 really um arizona state could win but regardless i think the buffalo moves on um buffalo just doesn't turn the ball over has a top 30 defense um senior guard cj massenberg I just like that. I like that they've won 31 games and that they're still a six seed. I think that they go into that game with a lot of confidence, even though they are a six seed. They were in the top 25 for a lot of the year. It's, it's you know, Buffalo maybe isn't a name that we're really familiar with going into the NCAA tournament. I just think that they have enough to win this one and possibly two to get to the Sweet 16. 
Texas Tech, Northern Kentucky. This is one I really sometimes like to pick these three 14s. Um, I think I might pick one later here, but I just don't think Northern Kentucky has enough firepower. They've only played two top 50 teams, Cincinnati and UCF. Cincinnati's a seven seed. UCF is a nine seed. So those are the two best teams that they've played all year, and they lost to both those teams by 13 points each. So um, they have uh, they have a guy, McDonald. He's 6'8". He can stretch the floor, but that reminds me a lot of like, uh, I don't know if people uh, have gone, to, I've gone to a couple of the regionals here at, in Salt Lake the past couple of years. Shout out Colin Child. Um, and they ha- it's kind of like a Mike Dom type guy. And even if you have one guy, I just think you need more more than that. Uh, or else it becomes a one-man show to really pull off an upset, especially when you're a 14, 15, 16 seed. So I'm going to go Texas Tech here. Nevada, Florida. Um, obviously, this is going to be kind of biased as a Utah State fan, but uh, I'm not really impressed um, with Nevada. Um, they are they do have a great record. I mean, 29 and four, uh, but last 10, seven and three. So you know their last 10 games, they're playing their worst basketball. Zero and zero against top 25. They never played against a top 25 team. Um, I mean, you, I guess we can count the Aggies in there, that they played the Aggies, but um, the Aggies weren't ranked at the time. I don't think the Aggies were playing as good of basketball as they are now. And I think that they lost to the Aggies and to the Aztecs when both of those teams were playing their best basketball. Um, but one thing I will give Nevada, they don't turn the ball over. Um, and Florida forces turnovers. So we'll see which one they, they have 16th in the country in forcing turnovers. So we'll see which one of those can really win. Um, I think that, I think that Florida wins. I liked the way that they were playing in the SEC tournament. I liked it a lot. They shoot a ton of threes. They've got to go in. So, I mean, this is an issue. And if you wanted to pick Nevada, I think that this is, this is kind of a, these seven tens, a lot of these seven tens feel more like eight nines for me. Um, but I'm picking Florida to win this one. I think that they can get it done. I think Nevada's used to being a front runner, used to being the favorite. Um, and I think Florida is not going to be scared of them. So Michigan, Montana, not much to say here. Michigan, they went to the championship last year. They've got a great coach. They've got a great program. They're one of those teams that we're used to seeing here. Um, I just, again, uh, Montana's missing, uh, their senior guard, Jamar Echo. They need a star. I just think you need a star to win these kind of games. Not necessarily a star, but someone who can take over. Um, and I just don't think that they have that anymore after that after that injury. Um, going back through these games here, so we've got Gonzaga, Syracuse. I have Gonzaga going through. I really like Syracuse. I think Gonzaga has the worst line to the Final Four of any of the one seeds because if they win, they've got to play Syracuse. Florida State, Michigan. I mean, that's murderer's row. They lost to Florida State last year. They'll have a rematch, Florida State there. Um, I just think that that is probably the worst way. The only thing that you would like about it is that it's, they play their games in Salt Lake and then that you're playing a game in California. I mean, they're in Spokane. They get some sort of an advantage there, but beyond that, I think they have the toughest road. Um, I, but I don't see them losing to Syracuse. Um, but it is a tough one. Like I said, Syracuse is, they play big teams every year. They're not scared of Nevada. They're, they're a tough team to play as an eight seed. But Gonzaga does – they have the number one offense, and they have a top-10 defense. So, I mean, that's why, despite losing to St. Mary's in their tournament, that's why people still like them. That's why the nerds like them, and the uh, nerds are in the selection committee, and that's why they're a number one seed. And uh, 
I see them uh, going to the Sweet 16 possibly further. Um, Marquette, Florida State. Like I said, Florida State's my dark horse here. I love the way that they play. Um, they've won 14 out of their last 15, 14 to 1. Um, I think that they want a rematch. I think they want to play Gonzaga again. I think that if they go again, they'll play Michigan again to go to the Final Four. I mean, they basically are playing the same schedule they played last year. I think that they want that. I'm going to give them the edge. Um, like I said, Marquette does have that star. They do have someone who can take over games in Marcus Howard, but I am going to give the nod to Florida State. Buffalo, Texas Tech. I am picking Buffalo in this one. Um, I like the way that they play. I think that uh, Texas Tech loves turning the ball over, and um, Buffalo doesn't turn the ball over. So that'll be very interesting to see. Uh, like again, it's these are the great things about college basketball. You get teams that are have vastly different styles, but Buffalo is more of an attacking team, whereas Texas Tech kind of plays at slow tempo. I like teams that can attack without turning the ball over because I think later in games, later in the tournament, it's going to come down to who can get a bucket when you need a bucket. And for a lot of these college kids, um, you know, that's not going to come by jacking up threes. It's going to come from who can drive, who can get a bucket, who can get to the free throw line. I'm going to give the not to Buffalo in that one. Florida, Michigan, um, the Jordan brand's loving this one. Uh, they got two of their teams here playing in Iowa. Um, I'm going to give the nod again to Michigan. Like I said, I just think they're too strong to be upset at this point. And uh, Florida, they've had a good run. At the end of the day, they're 19 and 15. Um, you know, they, they're they not a team who's great night in, night out. They had a great run in the SEC tournament. Um, I think even if Nevada moves on here, I still see Michigan winning. So I'm trying to pick these. I'm trying to pick, um, you know, these teams that I can for sure see in the Sweet 16. And I... I can't really envision the Sweet 16 without Michigan. So, so far out of um, the West here, Gonzaga, Florida State, Buffalo, Michigan. It's the eight teams that I have on the left side of the bracket. Duke, Virginia Tech, Belmont, Michigan State, Gonzaga, Florida State, Buffalo, Michigan. 